PK, listener number 7659-3 here. I demand you sing! And I love when you sing. Didn't mean to get over the top there, but hey, that's who I am! PK is all I have tonight. That's a big fat negative for me. No more singing. Sing me a song, Mr. PK. Sing me a song if you'd like. It doesn't matter to me that you sing off key as long as the words are right. Joint Scouting Ants Friday from noon to three at Murdoch Hyundai and Logan, 3131 Main Street. I believe that's three to one. You're empowered. <laughs> you are empowered. <laughs> Honestly, you would have kept singing if it was one to three. No, I wouldn't have. Oh, I think you would have. I'm a man of my word. Mm-hmm. If the word is, never mind. If the word is whatever the word is, grease is the word, is the, the word. word. It's got to move, it's got to groove, it's got a feeling. Back, duh, duh, duh. Back to Australia. Speaking of which, Joe Ingles is going to join us coming up at 945. Joy the out. Jazz, 4-1, baby. We got Jazz fans falling into two camps now. We got the, hey, this is a nice start here, but, you know, they got to play some of the best teams in the NBA, and the Clippers were shorthanded. Yeah, there's no doubt that that's a fact. But on the other hand, we got, they look plenty good. They'll be fine when they play those teams. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. This is as good as it gets. Top shelf. They're number one in defense and Conley shooting the ball. Bogdanovich has been shooting it since he got here. Emmanuel Moutier is better than expected. Sweet. He puts me in a great Moutier. I think that as I look around the Western Conference, I don't see anybody a la Warriors that just says, man, they are the team to beat without question. Now, I may change that when Paul George comes back, when Kuzma comes back, and I believe Kuzma's coming back this weekend. It'll be interesting to see because he he basically had free reign to play, and there wasn't a lot of pressure on him since he's been in the league, and he's been a surprise relative to his draft slot, which was in the 20s. I get all that. See how that fits in, and he should be at minimum a, a decent addition, if not a terrific addition. So maybe it is the Lakers and the Clippers. I don't know when Paul George is coming back. Uh, we'll have to see on that, and how is that going to fit? I imagine that that's going to fit well, so that could change my mind. But nobody else is really missing guys, right? Houston's got his compliment. Houston does. Uh, Denver has its compliment. Denver's, Denver's pretty Portland. much set. Nurkic hasn't played yet, though. Uh, so maybe he can make a bigger difference. Whereas the Jazz, I think this is the Jazz who who they are is what we've seen. You know, Bogey missed one game. And they sucked in that game. Way too many turnovers. Uh, and he gives them something that they don't have. So he's a vital component. But I still believe that they should be in the mix all season. And the great thing about it is in a league that's been dominated by one or two teams most of the time, it looks like it might be four or five, which would provide us with entertainment along the way. Intrigue. Part of the entertainment factor of professional sports is intrigue. You know, the dream team was fun the first time, but there was no intrigue. None. Right. They're going to so, win by a lot, and they right. win by 30. Right. Yep. And the Warriors the last few years, and then the East has sucked, so whatever team LeBron was on was the team. And then you had some intrigue maybe in the finals. But this, this year, it looks like you can have all sorts of intrigue from day one. So far, 
It's been day 10 or day 8, whatever it is, and it looks like there's some intrigue there. And that increases the the entertainment value, I believe. And I believe that this team is in the mix. There's been nothing that's happened so far in the Western Conference that has made me think, well, I need to rethink this. No, I think we're just waiting to see these guys all at full strength and see these teams compete against each other at full strength to sort it out. And the Jazz, even though their players are there, are not at full strength. They're not at full capacity, maybe, is the better word. That is a better word. Because I believe that they can get better. The more they play together, the better they should get. Yeah. But they're probably saying the same thing in Houston. As they should. And I'm sure the Clippers and Lakers are saying the same thing. Of course, yes. And Denver's probably slightly tweaked. It's like, well, we've got some young guys who can still improve. Oh, Murray's a young Murray's guy. He's 22 can, years old right. or something like that. Murray's so, yeah, we, we look at Mitchell better. as improving, so certainly their guy right. should be allowed to improve. You know, Millsap's a, a proven commodity, but Jokic was 24 years old last year, was he not? So he you can be to think that, that he right. would improve too, yeah. So, right. So that's a, that further proves my point that nobody has taken a step or four or five steps ahead of everybody else. And that adds to the intrigue. There literally might be five teams that can win the West. And that, as a sports fan, the consumer of the NBA, that provides me with entertainment. Because it's a little bit of a... You go to a movie, like the greatest mystery movie of all time, Fletch, right? That had all sorts of intrigue. A bunch of twists and turns. And that's what made it entertaining. That's why Fletch is regarded as the greatest murder mystery (laughs) movie of all time. The greatest murder mystery. It is. It really isn't. It is, too, because of the the intrigue and the mystery. We have intrigue. We have mystery, especially coming off a five-year period in which we had virtually none. A little bit. Houston gave the Warriors a little bit of a run in the West, speaking just strictly of the West. But the Jazz, you know, can they get out of the first round? Yes. Can they get to five games in the second round? That's not much mystery. The first round wins were nice. They were fun. But the second round, can they extend it? Not can they win. Yeah. They were overmatched by Houston and by Golden State. And now, at least as we sit here now, there's a chance they're not overmatched. Oh, I think there's an excellent chance. That doesn't mean they're going to win, but I think there's an excellent chance. I feel like I've seen enough to believe that if I don't see this team contending deep into the second round, I'm disappointed. Well, that part I believe in. And I, but I don't know the matchup, so it's impossible to, to make any type of proclamation. Well, and as, as we've learned just watching the finals last year, the matchup isn't the matchup as soon as there's an injury. So you got to hang in there, do everything you can to give yourself the best shot you can, and then see what kind of cards you get dealt when you get there. My three proclamations. Green shooting the be- three better than I thought. Moutier playing better than I thought. And Bogdanovich with the capability of the to be a big-time player. I don't know that it'll happen, but he literally can be the go-to guy on a really good team. And that's great if he's not. I would say of the three, clearly Moutier is the one that is most surprising. Doesn't he put you in a good Moutier? Absolutely. Because he used to be in a foul Mahmoud. Okay. But now you're in a good Moutier. Right? Yes, PK. 
And it reminds me, I no longer have the Moody Blues. Tuesday afternoon. You've been empowered. <laughs> Yuck, don't, don't <laughs> wince and shake your head. There's literally nothing we can do. He actually wants to cause us pain now. I'm just beginning to see. I used to now like, I'm on my way. I used to like that song. And I could be wrong. Trivia note for all of you who go to Vegas. And when I was at uh, UC Santa Barbara, UNLV was in the league, so it was twice a year, once for a game and once for the conference media day. Oh, and don't tell me about a couple and other times. The bachelor party the night before, honey. Yeah, you told me. Come on. No, I really didn't. Oh, well, somebody, your best man told me then. You don't even know who that was. Jim Rome, he told me. <laughs> Romey told me. He wasn't there. <laughs> so, I think the first band that went in residency, kind of the turning of the page, the generations, I think it was the Moody Blues. I remember being there for a game or something, and it was the Moody Blues. I remember thinking, how come a band is playing Vegas? And now it's totally normal. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely but then, commonplace. But yes. then in residency, to go you know, to go by and they have the marquees out on the street, and I don't even know which hotel it was. But it was the Sands. I, and they were there a long time. The Castaways. Maybe, maybe the Sands. That's an old school <laughs> hotel right there. I don't know what happened to the Sands. I just assume it got blown up for they a minute. It probably got blown up for a minute. Because there was a stretch there where they must have blown up a half dozen Vegas hotels. To make them bigger and better. Absolutely. Yep. Vegas, yeah. Vegas is the concert. I go to Vegas now, you're right. 25 it's, times a year. But the Moody Blues were on the cutting edge of that. I, I think they were first, but if they weren't first, they were near the start of that. I've seen Frank in Vegas. That's different. That's more what I was talking about. That's what I assumed Vegas was. And when the Moody Blues shows up, it's like a generational thing. Top of the heap. (laughs) Yes, I'm king of the hill. A number one. These little town blues are melting away. All right, stop. I can make it in Salt Lake. Uh, If I can't make it in Salt Lake, I can't make it anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I am going in one month, Vegas, to see my favorite band, Old Dominion, at the Hot Rock. Very much looking forward to that. Already got my tickets for Denver in August to see Old Dominion. Love those guys. I understand Scotty put out a thing of all of our favorite bands on the air. He texted me, should I put Old Dominion for you? I said, sure. Absolutely in love. They just came out with a new album on the 25th of October. Life is short. Make it sweet. Great band. Great. Love them. (laughs) Love them. Absolutely love them. To me, Old Dominion is the jazz. Absolutely love them. They're fresh. They're new. They're having fun together. That's what I see about this team here. I think that it takes a special guy to come play for the Jazz. I think it's a guy who likes to be a little bit underappreciated. Because this isn't a glamour spot by any stretch. The NBA and the TV folk are not going to jam and cram the Jazz down your throat like they do some teams. And so you have to have a different attitude. You gotta you gotta feel a sense of disrespect to play and thrive on this team. You look at the, the two statues, right? Gonzaga and Louisiana Tech. Now Gonzaga now is a beast. But not back then. then it wasn't. Nope. 
They hadn't been in the no. NCAA tournament back right. then. And La Tech, well, that's nothing. It's a women's basketball school, right? It was and, back in the day. And sure enough, these two guys flourish. Now you look at these guys here, right? Foreign guys, Bogdanovich, Ingles, Gobert. They didn't, they didn't go to college, so they don't have that. But they're foreign guys. Nobody really knows about them. And when, when was Bogdanovich drafted? I mean, obviously the 27 with Rudy that has become infamous. Where's the number, just to remind us? Right. I can't remember. Oh, and, uh, yeah, and I don't right. know when Bogdanovich was drafted. Was it, was it New Jersey? Was it was that the team who had him first? Let me get that for you. I Before they even moved I, to Brooklyn? I, I believe it was, but let uh, me get that for you. Yeah. Was he second round? I, I, don't, I honestly, I don't know. And then you look at the two other guys, and they played at big-time schools, right? You got Louisville and Ohio State. But they weren't there that long. And then they go to Memphis. Obviously, Mike does. And Donovan comes here. You know, been to Memphis many times over. And it's out of the way, relatively speaking. Miami Heat used the 31st pick, the first pick of the second round on Bogdanovich. Again, yeah, a great pick. And so I think it takes an, a, a different kind of dude to, to play here. And you you got to like being the underdog. And you, and you got to drive it. And it appears that that's the case with these guys that I just mentioned. Like, we're going to show some people. We came together here, and, yeah, I'm fine here. And particularly when you get a 30-year-old, I mean, aren't you done with the idea of, oh, man, i got to go out and get a party and hit the town every night? Because the guys who did that, they're going out of league. They're yeah. not holding on to their spot. Yeah. If, if you're not serious about winning basketball games by the time you're 30. You're not going to be. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not they're not interested in you. They're interested in guys who want to win and understand the mission and the purpose of being here. And so these guys, they really love it, and they enjoy being here because they like. I sensed it to the the, the people who lived in Laramie. They knew it was out of the way, and they enjoyed the kind of like the fraternity of it of being in Laramie. It's us against the world type of thing. And who doesn't love that? Yeah. That resonates. Right. Even when it's not true, people want it to resonate, so they want it to be true, even if it's not true. Yeah. And I think you need that type. When they speak jazz DNA, I think that's what that's about. Not the dudes who are going to crave the national spotlight over and over. And you can get it. Mitchell's going to get it. If they're playing in the conference finals, man, Mitchell... Open up your windows, man, because you're going to get all the publicity you could possibly want on a national level. And anybody who's anybody who follows the game is going to know. That's why I think this team has an opportunity to use the strength of it together to get where they want to go. I'm excited for this season, and I'm more excited for this season, the rest of it, today, than I was a week or two ago. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, we are taking a break. When we come back, we'll get you up to speed on everything you missed in this show. And we've got Joe Ingles here at 945. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz beat the Clippers 110-96. They improved to 4-1 on the year. Up next... 
A game at Sacramento against the winless Kings, who are 0-5. NBA tonight, TNT has a doubleheader, Miami and Atlanta at 5. Denver and New Orleans at 7.30. 12th-ranked Baylor undefeated on ESPN playing West Virginia tonight at 6 o'clock. And Thursday Night Football features the undefeated 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals, 6.20 on Fox and the NFL Network. You can listen to it right here on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire brought to you by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. The savings are on to Ken Garf. West Valley Jeep. Stop by during Jeep Adventure Days and take advantage of special offers and select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Jeep. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Dennis Dodd with us on the Big Show. I thought the NCAA went a lot further than I thought they would, but I'm still not sure how far they went, if that makes any sense. You know, they chose very specific language in that release to make sure they weren't on the hook for anything. I think they were backed into a corner by the California bill and all these other state bills which are now popping up, and they were going to have to put those legal wildfires out one by one, and they just can't afford to do that. It would just wreck the organization. So they're trying to find some overarching legislation that everybody can live with. I'm not sure they can in time. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Load management? First thing that comes to my mind with load management is fiber and probiotics. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we all think of when we hear that. Exactly. <laughs> Where's the nearest restroom is what we hear when we hear load management. It's a management. dumb tune, our dumb term, load management. Doc Rivers got called a bit. When did you first start signing off on load management? When did you come around to that? He's like, well, a while ago. He said, we went on a road trip when I was in Boston and left the big three at home, but we just called it rest. But now know. it's load who, management. Who, who termed that? It's a dumb term. I don't know, but I blame San Antonio. Is it necessary? They were the first team I, I really remember routinely leaving big-name guys at home, and they would come play the Jazz, and it seemed like Ginobili didn't play or Parker didn't play or Duncan wasn't on the trip, and then they play the next night. That seemed like it was the first time it was on my radar. Yeah. But when Doc says that about Boston, the big three, I assume he's talking a decade ago. I mean, that's about Is when that they Garnett, won the uh, Pierce, and— uh... Ray Allen, yeah. So there's some road trip where they just left them all at home and went out and played however many games it was. I wonder who how that comes about. Does the player says I'm out? Or we think you should sit this game? What or do the you player's think? got some issue with some nagging injuries? It's like, well, let's take a game off. Yeah, it's not well, going to make you all but, better, but, that's but it's going to be. That's that's not load management. Load management is just straight. Yeah, that, hey, to me, that, keep you fresh that says playoffs. we're just sitting you out because there's too many games. And so you're not going to play this game. It's hard for me to imagine that something in October would have a benefit in June. But Kawhi played three quarters of the season and won the NBA title. But it's not still changing now. October. I know. I get LeBron took that week off in February. And that makes more sense. Yeah. It is the dog days, and guys are beaten down and worn down. And he's minutes wise. He's at the time he was an older dude. I now can, he's minutes wise and age wise. I, I can remember at least a decade ago, maybe a little more than that, doing the pre half and post with Pace and Thurl, and I brought up a back to back, and Thurl's like, "No, no, we're in the first quarter of the season." 
5, 10, 15 games in the season? No, it doesn't matter. It'll, it'll have an impact when you get to game 50, 60, and 70. I, I but get that. Not now. I get and that. And he was so definitive about it. You know, Thurl rolls with a lot of stuff, but he was very definitive about that. He didn't want to hear it. I don't either in October. And, and yet, the Clippers, on the road in Utah, back-to-back at home against San Antonio, and he's home for San Antonio, and he's going to play. Missed the plane flight, missed the game. So the Jazz get the win, but what does it really tell you about what's going to happen when it gets to the playoffs? And the Jazz are one of several teams in the West where we think we know enough about them that it's really going to be about when they get to the playoffs. Not for Dallas. We don't know enough about Dallas. The regular season will define a lot about Dallas. I think Dallas. Dallas will be much improved. I think Phoenix right. will be much improved. I think we've already seen in those, those games. So regular season wins mean a lot as you measure that. But once you've been in the playoffs and been to the second round multiple times and been to five seed multiple times. I get times, that. Playoffs, baby. But I think the most important thing when you look at a team like Phoenix and Dallas who have not made the playoffs here recently is that you can see already that it is not going to be a guaranteed W. You're going to have a hard time winning those games, particularly in those locations, which obviously we already saw with the Suns in Phoenix on Monday. And so I think we'll see the same thing in Dallas. I think they've proven enough that they have uh, uh, much more improved talent on their rosters. And they're with, because a, a large portion of it is they are relying on guys who have somewhat of a track record. And so they're, they're better in that way. Other thing we talked about earlier in this show Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry breaking his hand. So, and I guess for today we're going to find out from the MRI how long is he out? And in four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, we'll see what they say. Whatever it takes, really. Right. But at this point, if I'm the Warriors, I, I, I'm ready to shut the whole season down and play for a lousy draft pick. These guys have played a gazillion games. Are we really going to think that they're going to dig some big hole early in the year without Steph for however long it's going to be? And then they're going to come charging back and make the playoffs? But I think that'll take care of itself. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm thinking, how do I get the best draft pick? We can add a young, inexpensive guy to this core that when it's healthy, is still going to be good. Well, their roster is made of a bunch of made up of a bunch of nobodies now. Yep. Because I think a player like Draymond Green, very good within the system, mm-hmm. but on his own is not as effective singularly. Feel like that Jeff Hornacek thing going on. Put you on the Jazz, you go to the finals and you contribute big time. Yeah, but yeah. but if I stick you on a lousy Philly team with nobody around you, you're just going to be a lousy team. Yeah, you'll be okay. But your Draymond Green is about winning. He's about some nonsense, but he's about winning, and he needs players to help them win. And so they're not going to win. So I think that the draft pick will take care of itself. Just that I don't know that they really have any young guys worth trying to develop. I'm thinking more about them getting one in the right. lottery in the that, draft. Right. So the thing that I'm saying is they'll suck. They don't have to try to suck. They're just going to. Right. That's So it'll so would you take shut, care of would itself. You, would you shut Steph and Draymond down knowing that they've played another season? And if I did the math, maybe more than a season. But certainly they played another season of playoff games these last five years. Well, I think Curry will be out as long as he's out. And I know that. You know, what? That's yeah. obvious. But but they're not going to shut him down beyond that. I don't. Well, my thing is that he won't be hurried back. Like young Zach Wilson down at BYU. He's throwing the ball already. He wants to hurry back. Right. Get every game he can. Yeah. Steph Curry doesn't need every game. No. So he'll be out for as long as he needs to be out, and maybe even then some. I mean, depending on what the news is today, 
you know, I could see All-Star break. Wouldn't shock me. And Green, uh, you have to see what in his mind because he can be a real pain in the butt. And nobody wants to deal with crap. You get just, we got that from Steve Kerr last year. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm so tired of his bleep. <laughs> right, it just wears on you after a while. You got to get, you got to find guys who can get along and go along with it. And not and, be NBA people spend a lot of time together. Yeah, and everybody does. I mean, I don't know that they spend that much more time than most of us who spend time because we work every day. Those guys aren't together for several weeks. But the point is, yeah, you make it easier so see what his mindset is but it'll take care of itself here the thing about the jazz for me is that they belong in the mix and i believe they belong in the mix more than what i believed two weeks ago even though they really haven't they haven't come close to playing top level competition the one shot they had and Kawhi doesn't play and paul george is already out and i think the lakers too bogey was out and they sucked that game there's there are going to be games they're just not going to be good yeah, well, if you win, they've won four out of five, and if you win three out of four, you end up on sixty wins. And I don't know that anybody in the oh, West I'm, is getting I'm, to sixty. I'm, That's pro, a big I'm proclaiming sixty-five now. Nobody got there last year. I think the Jazz get there. All right, if you include playoffs, grab the pom poms and that uh, Adelaide win. Aaron says, I think a lot of old-school, tough-guy-type athletes are chuckling themselves at millennial entitlement concepts like load management. Oh, that was a wordy way of saying it, but I yeah. agree with him. Yeah, because you look at Except Thurl isn't Doc and, Rivers one of those old school tough tough guy types? Ah, but see, those coaches, they have to adapt. They, they do have to adapt. Because yeah, so you, you don't want Kawhi forcing his way out like he did in San Antonio. So you do have to adapt. Right. And I think Jerry Sloan would adapt. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe joins us now on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit a local Sprint store near you. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? We're doing well. I'm curious with all the new faces here. For a while there, it felt like a season would end and a season would start, but it felt like the continuation of the same story. And I kind of feel like we're reading, a, it's a new story here. Now, you're back and Donovan's back and Rudy's back, so it's obviously not like everything changed. But a lot changed. How does it feel to you? Um, I mean, it's definitely different. Um, I don't think there's any point of trying to pretend it's the same or it's going to be the same or the success we had was just going to roll over to, to this year. Um, obviously, what, what the Jazz did in the organization with the Millers and the and Dennis and, and Justin and all them coach um, put us in, obviously, a really good position this year to, to, to be successful. But um, it, it was funny when we played Phoenix the other day, 
I was talking to, to Ricky before the game, and he was like, he was looking at our warm up, and he was like, man, I don't, I haven't played with any of these guys. Like the team was so different that he, there's only obviously a few of us that are, that are here from last year. So um, it's definitely different. It's different in a good way, um, and obviously right now we're we're trying to figure it out and and make it all work. So, Joe, you're in your sixth NBA season, and in that time, you've missed a total of four games. What do you think of load management in October? <laughs> Somebody asked me this yesterday, actually. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't like it, um, but in saying that, um, I would, would obviously never judge anybody's personal situation or, or whatever unless you, you kind of know what's going on um, especially what, what I was going through last year with, with Jacob it made it um, even clearer for me to, to obviously not judge other people because you never know what's going on um, obviously majority of the time it is it is injury or recovery or, or whatever um, I've always tried to, to play every game I possibly could Um that's just me. Um, I think there was, I think it was last year or the year before, whatever it was, in the last game of the year, and everyone was talking about resting some guys because we were, I think we were fifth or whatever, no matter yeah. what. And coach had spoken to me about it. And I just didn't. It's just not. I just would rather play if I'm healthy. Why? Why not play? Um, I think the flip side of that is obviously the fans, the, the organisation. Um, these people put a lot of money into us to playing and a lot of spending a lot of money to, to watch us play. Um, so for me, I feel like it's um, I, I should go out there and, and try and do the best I can to um, maybe it's a little kid or, or some parents that are on a night out or whatever it is. But um, yeah, it's just me. Um, obviously, everyone's different and, and everybody has a different um kind of <laughs> role or whatever it is with, with their team that they, they need to do it sometimes. So um, I have no doubt we'll probably do it at some point this year. Um, but in, until that day comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play every game I can. Joe Ingles joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We were talking this morning about things that have surprised us about the Jazz, maybe a little, maybe a lot. Uh, obviously, it's mostly positive and winning most of your games here. Uh, anything that's really surprised you as the team has come together? Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't know about surprise, but just uh, I think um, I think after preseason without obviously reading it into it, too much, but we have. I mean, we didn't have much time, obviously, together with with the guys that were the World Cup and and all of us kind of coming together, especially with a new group and um, a system that that takes time to to get comfortable with. And um, not that I was concerned in the preseason, but uh, I think the the defensive end in preseason was something that we um, wasn't isn't us wasn't us. Um, not that I was concerned that that was going to roll over to the regular season, but the, I think we'd given up 128 or four out of the five games or something like that, 126 plus or something like that. Um, so we're thinking that you, you, you go into the season, obviously hoping that um, that's not the way it's going to be. And uh, like I said, I wasn't concerned, but you just don't want it to keep rolling over. And um, luckily, we we didn't, and we've we've we're, we're back to the defensive team that that we we knew we should be. So how much time did you spend in the gym with Conley teaching him how to shoot? 
<laughs> I don't know. I think Boyan and a couple of other guys can teach both of us how to shoot, shoot at the moment. So, um, no, I, I said it in the radio last night. I, the, um, it was it was really cool for me to see, and I, I don't know if other guys saw it or even thought about it, but um, obviously that that's the, the mic that we've played against for me for five years and him in the league for 13, I think. Um, but just to see him come in every day, and then obviously he's a veteran playing 13 odd years or whatever, um, but to see him come in every day and still be confident and still be the same guy and still get his work in before or after, um, everything he needed to do, he, he I think when you, you, not that he was struggling because he was still playing well for us, he just was, was missing some shots, but um, you can overthink it or you can try and force it and um, for me, watching a guy like that and um, seeing him just kind of go about his business and, and for the reward to obviously come, um, well, it was really cool and uh, I think something that, that a lot of people could, could take some stuff from. I asked Quinn Snyder at the shoot-around. Uh, I know he's gotten on you to shoot more in the past, and you're not shooting a lot now, less than six, a little less than six shots per game. And I asked him if you, you know, if that was with the team, the way it's constructed now, if that's what he wanted or if he wanted more. And he gave me an answer, and i got to be honest, when he was done, I wasn't positive if you should be shooting more or not. Has he given you clear direction on this, or do you not talk about it? Where does that stand? Um... Uh, we haven't talked about it because it doesn't need to be spoken about. It, it's not something that's... Um, he hasn't told me to shoot X amount of times or, or not shoot X amount of times. Um, at the end of the day, obviously, when I come in and... and I said last night again, is like figuring out my role is, is, um, it is different and, and I'm figuring out on the way. And I think, um, for me, each game's got a little bit better. Um just finding out how I can get in the game whenever that point is in that first quarter and, and impact the game. And um, but I've, I mean, I've we've talked about this for four years now, five years, whatever. That it's <laughs> the, the offense and shooting one shot or fifteen shots isn't gonna, and, and I'm not gonna let it um, affect the way I play. I think I, if I'm open, I'm gonna shoot it. I'm not going to shoot a bad shot. I'm not going to force it. If that's me shooting three shots a game, then that's me shooting three shots a game. I think with the guys we've brought in, especially offensively, um, we've got a a really talented team. And um, it's been Donovan this year. It's been Boyan. Last night was Mike. Um, Guys have stepped up at different times. And um, if if I was that worried about it, I I would probably have to ask for a trade or something because that's... It's just not the way we move the ball. We play together. If if that's me getting the shot at the end, great. If it's not, it'll be someone else, and, and we all believe that that person will, will make that shot. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to figure it out kind of each game and, and each week how I can impact the game. And, um, yeah, I think I'm slowly but surely figuring it out. You know, and you, you're right. You've been talking about this for years, and you always seem so comfortable in what I call your NBA skin. And whatever role you have to do, that's what you'll do as long as it's helping the team win, and that's who you've been. I'm wondering how much you can attribute to that, to the fact that you've literally played basketball all over the world on so many different teams, so things for you never, haven't really been consistent for like a huge stretch of time. You've always had to adapt to whatever the team needs and maybe is that the reason why it's not that big an adjustment now for you because this is what you do and what you've done for many many years 
Yeah, it's a part of it. Uh, I mean, obviously, before coming here, I played for five different teams in six years right. or, or whatever the number was. So um, trying to figure out a different role, a different team, a different system, different coach. Um, and again, you're figuring it out on the fly because you spend nine months in Europe, you go home for a couple months, and then you're in a new team and a new system. And um, the flip side of that is uh, I just want to win games. Right. You know, if that's whatever that role is, I want to be a part of a an organization that's committed to winning, which which obviously with the Millers and, and Justin and Dennis and um, all those guys, they are. And we've got a great coach. We've got a great team. And... Um, even for me, just being here for the six years, I, I think each year I've probably had a not completely different role, but it's been different in in some way. Um, from the, from the start of, of coming off the bench for a little bit here and there to to ending up starting and being a kind of role player, and then I think last year was um, the amount I had the ball was probably the most I've ever had in my career, um, and to create for my team and help help win and. And that was really fun. We won 50 games, but it, but it still wasn't enough. We, we lost in the, in the playoffs. And now we've got a new team. We've, we've got a deeper team. Uh, um, probably one of the, the best teams I've played on since being here. And um, now my role is to come off the bench and I'll, I'll figure that out and make that work. And um, again, at the end of the day, it's, it's about our team winning. Um, and obviously very early on, five, ge- five games in, we've been doing that. But... It's a long way to go, and we'll, we'll keep figuring it out. I think we'll, we'll get better and better as the year goes on, and, and the new guys get more and more comfortable. And um, I think, like like last night, you saw Mike really not just making his shots, but he, he just looked more comfortable out there too. And um, obviously, the more we're out there and playing games, the, the more that's going to happen. You're probably aware Donovan Mitchell's kind of popular around here, and that means that people look at him eh, and dissect. Probably got him covered. <laughs> probably they dissect every little thing about him. You know, how does he look different in his third year, and how does he look more experienced <laughs> or more comfortable? How does it look to you? Um, I don't want to say the same in ter- like and make it sound like he, he's the same player, but very similar. Uh, I don't think. Um, uh, I think for him too, a lot of this is figuring out. Like I said last year, me and him had the ball <laughs> nearly every possession, really, um, that, that we were out there. And, and now it's um, obviously we've got Mike, we've got Boyan, we've got Jeff coming in. Our team is um, is a lot deeper, a lot more playmakers, a lot of a lot more guys that can can, like you said before, get shots, shoot the ball. Um, there's going to be games that, that he, he doesn't have 20 and everyone's going to be shocked and probably thinks he's had a horrible game but he might have eight assists or he might have a bigger role on the defensive end depending on who he's guarding. Um, I think the other night, I can't remember what game it was, it might have been the Phoenix game where, where Boyan had taken over a little bit and, and Donovan had so much, I thought Donovan looked like he had so much more energy towards the end of the game than, than what he had at certain times last year because of the load he had to carry last year. Um, I think that's a, a positive and I think, again, he'll keep figuring it out when, when which we all are. I think you're trying to figure out when you can be aggressive, when you're not, when it's um, time to move the ball, when it's time to shoot the ball. Um, and I think we'll, we'll all keep doing that. But I, I, I was, it, it was cool to see him kind of figure it out along the way and then obviously we went to him late and he and he made plays and uh, got fouled or whatever and we, we win the game so 
Um, he, he's he's going to keep getting better each year. And we've talked about it before that how professional he is and, and how humble he is and how committed he is. And um, yeah, I just I have no doubt that that he's going to get better and better each year. And, and obviously he's he's a huge part of this franchise for for a long long time. So you saw the Lakers and you saw Dwight Howard play, and he's all tatted up now. And I'm wondering, who do you think has the better lion tat, Rubio or Dwight Howard? Oh, Rubio, no doubt. Rubio, no doubt? Know. Yeah. I mean, Ricky's my guy, so I'm always going to pick him over a comparison like that. Well, that's just a personal <laughs> preference, though. Did you, did you get an up-close look of uh, Howard's... Uh... I didn't get up close with it. I've obviously seen Ricky's because I sat next to him on the plane for two years. Um, I thought Howard's was pretty cool. I'm thinking that might be an Ingalls thing later on down the line. Regardless of the tattoo, (laughs) if there was a comparison of those two, I'm taking Ricky any day of the week. What's Joe Ingalls being for Halloween? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we leave today. so a little road trip okay fine well well, still halloween my miller's obsessed with with elsa and frozen as she has been which probably every little three four year old girl is at the moment sure um so she's got a little elsa outfit and somehow renee made that um come with a six foot eight olaf outfit (laughs) (laughs) there we go which i don't know how that worked but um, I, I tried it on the other day and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So um, I, I had to wear it for for quite a while. But um, yeah, no, nah, I don't even, I'm not sure what Jacob's outfit was, but probably Woody or something. He loves Toy Story. So. Oh, who doesn't? That a kid. Who doesn't? That a kid. Doesn't, Bowl, doesn't Bowler Jack look like uh, the Toy Story guy, Infinity and Beyond? Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> Buzz Lightyear? Yeah, doesn't he? <laughs> No, no comment. <laughs> I gotta see him. I gotta see him too often. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell him we think so. All right, Joe. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Good luck on the trip. We'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate it. No worries, guys. Joe Ingles, right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the zone. DJ PK brought to you in part by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State Street or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. PK, we're out of time. Say goodnight. Good night. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.